everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. This episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Cat. Hey, everyone. How are you? Well, another episode of the Backstory of Love. Yep, your uh, favorite time of year, one of your favorite times of year. I guess we figured out last week. Yes, and this is uh, you know we had a great story to start off February. I mean, because I I like backstories a lot. I mean, I'm fascinated by, you know, what makes someone into the person that they become, like, all the events. And, and it's the same with love. You know, it's just like an extra layer of, like, what made this couple, like, how did they meet? Right. You know, did they get on each other's nerves? <laughs> you know, have they, like, faced hardships and like made it or did they go separate ways for a bit or you know just advice they have things like that right are fascinating because everybody has a little different love story even you know even people that like were in love once and then they fall out of love i guess and find someone else i mean it's usually like a different love story yeah that's true yeah, so, you know, Taylor Swift song. I, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I mean, that should get us some listeners, Swifties. Yeah, yeah. Mention. Um, but, you know, so she's a good example of, of the songwriter, you know, that writes, like, many of her songs based on, I guess, her love life or yeah, breakup well, life. You yeah, know, I mean, you got to go with what you know, I guess, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I certainly write enough things about, you know, things of the heart. So I I think that whatever people are feeling is certainly going to spill over into their work. And, you know, John Barry, he writes a lot of songs and love songs, too. So your love amazes me. I wondered, like, you know, was that for his wife or? Yeah, I do not know. I know. So that's something I'd like to find out. So so that just adds another layer to this month of love, you know, is that it's someone that is a performer and a writer. And, you know, so that'd be a great question to find out. Like, you know, do they have a song even? Right. We'll have to ask him that. Yeah. And then, you know, know, I did score like all three answers to the candy question last week. Yes, you did. But I have some new uh, facts about Valentine's Day if you want to go through that. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm not holding out much hope on me this week, but I'll do my best because I'm fascinated with what you've come up with. All right. Well, I don't know that these are necessarily questions. I might have some, but. So every year, thousands of people send letters to Juliet from Romeo and Juliet by Shakespeare. And apparently there's, in Italy, they, that resulted in the creation of the Juliet Club, which is comprised of volunteers who actually respond to their letters. <laughs> kind of interesting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Do they not know how that story ends? Yeah, I guess, you know, maybe they've read the play. I don't know, seen the movie. (laughs) Movies. I mean, so it's like, I guess it's like a Santa Claus for adults or something. Right. uh, Yeah. I mean, as much of a romantic as I am and have been, I I can honestly say I've never thought of writing Dear Juliet. Yeah. Have you? I mean, uh, no. I mean, no. I I don't think I would ever do that. <clears throat> so, 
I mean, what? So Juliet then writes back, like these volunteers or whatever. Yes. Will send. I mean, does it cost money or? Uh, I do not know. It doesn't say anything about that. It just says that people write and they respond. Well, no, like if I could send an email or something, I'd do it just for the heck of it. Like now that you've mentioned it, you know, and then post my response, like in the Facebook group. Well, there you go. You can look up the Juliet group in Verona, Italy. That's but now I'm not going to pay money to do it. Just saying that. Okay. <laughs> so you also, may, may or may not. Stamp to yeah. go <laughs> so you may or may, so you may or may not post it in the group. We'll see. I definitely will post it in the group if it's free and I can email and get a response. Back. All right, I there will. you go. <laughs> All right. So, what group of people get more Valentines than anyone else? I would say that the service people, you know, military, because uh, that is not the correct answer all right people in hospital <laughs> nope it's actually teachers oh well i never got that many really but, yeah, yeah. Mm. i know okay. i mean i feel like i feel like all my students out there owe me some valentines this year or something mm -hmm. well that's a good question you know i think i'll post that in the group but Huh, that is interesting. You know, I, I would have thought like we would send the military. Yeah. I mean, that would have been a, you know, that's probably like number two or number three, I would think. Okay. So it wasn't a bad answer. You know? I don't know that that's true, but I'm just throwing it out there. It probably is. Okay. It's good enough for me. All right. That's so, probably like half right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hallmark, how many different valentine's day card designs do you think they print oh my goodness each year probably i would say there's like ten thousand. no you're way over oh really yep i mean you gotta gotta remember this is you know different designs of cards it's not like the, i know the but total I number of cards that they print <laughs> So many situations too, and Valentine's, you know, yep. like there's probably like a hundred cat ones, you know, with like, yeah, something. So I just thought, okay, all right, then I'm gonna, you know, concentrate and want to say there's 799. No, there are 1400. Well, double my answer, and you're close. Yeah, so there you go, but you yeah. would be over. So sorry, on the prices, right? If you go over, you don't win. Now I didn't go over. You did too. You said seven ninety nine times two. I, I said if you don't double my. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Who spends more more money on Valentine's Day, men or women? Oh gosh, I mean, you're gonna think it's gonna be men because, in general, like they're expected to be the ones. But you know, Valentine's. I mean. Like, I, I would say I think women are, like, more into the spirit of it or whatever. And guys, I guess they buy the Valentine. But generally, I would think of it's more like flowers or dinner, you know. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's easy to pick a card out, too. Well, all right. I'm 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 going to go with the men, but I don't know if that's true. It is true. Ooh. There okay. you go. All right. This will be. This is an interesting one. What state has the most chocolate makers? Well, it must not be Pennsylvania, because I doubt that you'd be asking if that was the case. But I'm going to say Pennsylvania, anyways. Pennsylvania is number two with 114. Oh wow! Okay. Well, then I'd have to say, gosh, where's some good chocolate? <laughs> Well, where's some, there is no bad chocolate, really, right? So, um, Massachusetts. You are about 3,000 miles away. It is actually California. Wow. Well, okay. Great, California. But um, I did not, you know, guess that, obviously. 
All right, last one. What percentage of people in the U.S. will send a Valentine's Day text? Oh, gosh. I mean, I don't think everybody that texts is going to, probably. So uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 92%. No, you're pretty high. I'm high? Yep. Well, not, you know, I'm not high, but my my answer is. Yes. (laughs) So, all right. Well, I don't believe that, but I'm, all right, I'll drop to 72%. It's 63. Man. I know. You you know, that's just over half. I mean, I would have thought it would have been higher. I don't believe that. I mean, you know, because like, how can you go through Valentine's Day and not even like, not even pick one person from everybody on your text list to say, you know, happy Valentine's? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just reading what I, what I'm presented. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to be shocked too, right? Yeah. I mean, I thought it would have been higher. I guess not. Well, shows you what we know. All right. One bonus one. Doctors used to prescribe chocolate to fix what? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Because it does. Uh, Depression. Nope. Well, Well, sort of, I guess. It's a broken heart. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. So they're the ones who started, like, you know, when you have a broken heart you eat a you know you eat ice cream or chocolate or whatever there you can blame doctors for that all right i mean it seems like a good treatment you know <laughs> like really though nothing will mend a broken heart we already know that from the love songs so um right. you know, people have been singing about that for years and uh you know, I don't know what mends it. So not chocolate, but at least you can have fun like trying to mend it with chocolate. Well, there you go. All right. So, uh, all right. So would you ever work with your spouse? Do you think? So I, when I was teaching, I used to think about that because, uh, you know, there, there were, I would say maybe three couples over my teaching career, mm-hmm. you know, that were married and taught the same school. And they seemed like happy. And I was thinking like, you know, it would be good in a way because like you would have a lot of stuff to talk about, you know, because you'd be doing the same stuff and at the same meetings. And, you know, you probably would know some of the same kids and, you know, it would right. just... I used to think, you know, that would be a good thing. And also, you wouldn't be with them, like, during the school day. Like, maybe you'd see them at the lunch break or something. But so I think in some situations, it could be really good to, to you know, have something in common. Certainly better than, like, people that have nothing to talk about. And they come home from work and they don't talk because, they're, you know, everything is so like different. They don't have any point of reference. So in that way, I think some jobs it could work out. But like if you were like in the same cubicle or something, you know, like yeah. if there's no space and you're constantly and then you come home and it's constantly, then I think that would create yeah. you know, a bad situation you know, but then you ride to work and ride home together and you know you just yeah like, too much togetherness yeah and you know people need space i think you know maybe not maybe everybody doesn't i don't know but yeah i you know i think most people do so i did actually ask this question in the group and you know it, it was was kind of close in the people that said they could work with their spouse or could not. So um, I wonder if any of them actually had. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be interesting to know because our guests today, you know, ha- have worked together and I, maybe they still are. We'll be finding out, but be curious to see how that 
how that is for them. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering because last week we talked to Mason and Nathaniel and they work together. Yes. And, and, you know, we, we've had, so it wasn't a Valentine's Day episode, but we had the, you know, the couple that traveled in the RV thing, uh, like the band life, you know, from Alaska. Oh, to yeah. Where we, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I cannot imagine that, like being in, in a van, <laughs> you know, with someone for months and months and months. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, so that, that would be hard. Like, cause you need space and you need like yeah. space. <laughs> space. But yeah. yeah. But, you know, so we, we, we have had people before talk about that and it seem, they seem to make it work. So I guess the lesson is, you know, that if you love someone and they love you and it's meant to be, you can make anything work. It just may not be the ideal situation, but. Right. You have to learn how to compromise. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's, um, it is something I did ponder there when I was thinking. Yeah. All right. Well, excuse me. Let's, uh, talk to John and Robin. Yeah. John and Robin Perry. Okay. Well, we'll talk to John and Robin and see how they manage to make things work. John and Robin, I want to welcome you to Backstory Session. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Thank you. I am so excited for this episode. I love, love stories and love in the whole month of February. So, you know, I cannot wait to hear about how you met and how, you know, just your story. Because everybody's got that unique backstory and I can't wait to hear it. Well, go Robin. Oh, <laughs> we definitely have a crazy, crazy love story. Back in 1984, I was a student at the University of Georgia in Athens. And a friend of mine, we were on a double date. And we went to this little hole-in-the-wall place. And John was playing there with the guy who's still John's bass player, Michael C. Steele. They were doing a little duo thing. And she walked in and they sat at the table right in front of us. And and we're, we're just one of these, what they used to call fern bars, you know? And it was, it was called wrappers because it was in the wrapping department of the old Davison well, Macy's. What, what used to be the wrapping <laughs> department. Yeah, what used to be the wrapping So it was a very small place, only held about less than 100 people. And so I'm on the little stage there and, and this, these girls come in with their dates. They sit right at the table in front of me. And, and one of the girls was really doggone pretty. And I, I was taken and I played all the appropriate songs to bore those two boys to death. And they went to the back room to shoot pool. And when we did, when they did that, we took a break. Uh-huh. And I sat down next to that pretty girl. And the very, I promise you, I'm not lying. The very first thing I ever said to her was, when are we getting married? Uh-huh. And, and is that the stupidest thing you've ever heard? That's the worst <laughs> line ever. And it's like you're talking to the hand. But well, it was kind of strange for about three years. And he, pursued me would ask me out and i was like man i was in college and he was all six years and six years older yes but at the time that seemed like a lot didn't it and and i thought my mother would kill me if i went out with a guy who sat on a bar stool and played music for a living in a bar i said (laughs) there's no way i'm going (laughs) yeah because you understand she grew up in a family where both of her brothers grew up to be military officers. Mm. You know, they, you know, they pretty straight up. And so this was kind of, this was kind of odd. Yeah. But, but a couple of years later, we finally, we finally went out on a date and we had a great time. And I went back to school and she was done. Yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, that's fine. He'd call me next every single day, sent me flowers once a week. Wow. I came home from college and ready to tell me bye. Him, bye. Leave, please leave me alone. <laughs> coming home for Christmas break. <laughs> yeah, coming on Christmas break. 
And we did, we went out every single day. And on New Year's Eve, he asked me to marry him. Never said, I love you. Will you date me? He got down on his knee with a ring and proposed. Wow. See it? Wow. Here we are <laughs> almost 36 years later. Yeah. I, I proposed with a ring that I told the salesman, I'll be bringing this back. I just <laughs> get her attention and let her know I'm serious. And we did take it back and, and got a big, had to get a bigger one. <laughs> it was not nearly the right size stone or clarity for that matter. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Okay. So I have a lot of questions. <laughs> Everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so first of all, so the night when you first met her and sat down and to talk with her and ask her, you know, about when you're getting married right off. I mean, Robin, what's going through your mind? Well, it's it's interesting. I was from the first time I saw him and heard him sing. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's not like I hadn't been to hear other people sing but I was really drawn to him and I don't know I just was drawn to him and over the next couple of years he had a real way of making me feel special when I came into the club and it's just and, it crazy. And, and, crazy and your mama loves me Mama loves you yeah. you come out with me to the club to hear you yeah. sing mama, mama loved Johnny uh, but you're on a date with someone else. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so, you know, he comes back out, I guess, after pool. And, I mean, is that it for how long until you hear from John again? I don't know. I gave him, actually, my work phone number. Which I still have. He still does have. A <laughs> slip of yellow paper. I work at <laughs> I do, I do, bridal center at the time. <laughs> <laughs> he, I didn't give him my home number because I figured, oh, he's probably not going to call the bridal shop to speak to me. And lo and behold, he did. He did. So how long after did he call the bridal shop? You know, I don't remember. He was a pretty popular hangout when I was in college. It was like, so I saw him often because it, it was kind of the thing to do at the time. All the the sororities and fraternities would go out to this venue and and hear John Barry. And so I would see him quite frequently and he would always stay in touch with me. But I just I mean, the guy drove a van and he lived out in the country. I was scary. In a 12 <laughs> by 24 storage building. It was not like quite my dream style of let, let, let's clarify <laughs> i was buying my first five acres which turned into 150 acres but let's just clarify but it is scary <laughs> for a college girl to go out on a date with a guy who lives way out in the country in a shed so and drives a van drives <laughs> a panel van <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> and how do, you, do you still kidnap with a k <laughs> <laughs> Free candy. Robin, <laughs> what was the ideal guy? Like, you know, before you met John and 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 he I can tell you become a possibility. military. I did grow up in a military family and I also was into sports a lot. My dad played college football. I grew up in a college football town. I was in sports and dated guys that were sports guys. Yeah. And so probably, you know, and people from my church. And so John was none of those things, but hmm. he did. He, I knew he loved the Lord because he had told me a lot of stories about playing music for young life and out in Colorado and we had very similar backgrounds of parents and, but no, I think the music thing was really, I mean, back in the early eighties, not a lot of people were playing music for a living in bars. Now it's quite common everywhere, but it wasn't quite so common back then. 
<laughs> Do you remember? Were your- you attracted to him? Like, uh, no, I was really, really drawn to him. There was something that was, I, it was like a magnet that pulled me to him. And he, I mean, to really know John, he is a very kind, humble, quiet person. <laughs> you wow. are. You are. <laughs> he's, a, he's a very kind of quiet and he's not. He's not going to be the guy that fills up the room, you know, needs to have all the attention drawn to himself. He and I loved that about him. I loved his quiet demeanor. And I mean, his voice really, it did captivate me. And but there was more to him than just the same. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, I don't about that. <laughs> <laughs> John, did you see yourself that way? Oh, I I don't know. Yeah. I, I I I I am pretty quiet because I think in my younger days I was very loud, mm-hmm. and and I I kind of realized that and I got quiet. <laughs> so you but, got all that out of your uh, system. Yeah, yeah, really. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember the first date? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we went to uh, Euro route. Yeah, um, we we know we we mark the table every time we go in there. Well, they're closed now, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. but it was I was so kind of wigged out because here he shows up at the sorority house in a van in the panel van and i keep going back to that but you know at 19 it was like oh my gosh this is so weird and i'm going out with a guy who plays music for a living it wasn't like i was going out with a you know a law student just a guy who played music and wrote songs Pretty crazy. That yeah, sounds crazy. <laughs> well, obviously you had fun, and there was date number two, and you know there was a date number two, probably about a year later. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're not rushing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, if you like ever just think, you know, I'm I'm just gonna give up on this because it seems like. You know that's a pretty long. Oh yeah, thing. yeah. When we when we ended up dating that August until well, well, I'm sorry, we went out that summer and then she went back to college in another town about 75 miles away. And then she came and I kind of drove her crazy while she was there. And then when she came home for Christmas, she was coming home, and her intent was to tell me adios amigos. Mm. And but then I mean when when they pulled up with the car. I, I had gone to her house to, to meet her and to wait for me. Yeah, and I saw her sitting in the back of the car, and I could see it on her face. As a matter of fact, I got up, I was heading home, mm. I was leaving, and because I knew, I, I said, "Nah, you've overdone it." <clears throat> and but something happened, and we stayed there, and we ended up going, and we ended up going out every every day. night, every day for Christmas break, and it snowed during that time, big snowstorm in Athens. And all of her sorority girlfriends or cheerleading girlfriends came over. And we had a big time, huge time for days hanging at her mom's house. We all kind of camped, camped out there for a week. And we mm-hmm. had a great time. And then, you know, it came around New Year's Eve. And you know, what do you do on New Year's Eve? But get engaged or at least attempt. <laughs> so, so John, yeah. when, when did you know that you wanted to end up marrying her? I mean, I know you said that in the beginning, but like, when did you, like, at that time, when did you decide that I'm going to propose on New Year's Eve? Well, that came, that came, kind of came around after once we had been hanging out at Christmas and Mm -hmm. it was a great time. It really started to, you know, and, 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 and and since really when I talked to the sales guy at the jewelry store, I said, look, I'm just, I'm just trying to get her attention. I'll be bringing this back. You got to talk to my mama. Yeah. I said, do you, I said, do you have a rental ring? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, but cause I said, I'm just trying to get her to make sure she realizes I'm really serious about this. And, yeah. and uh, but anyway, so we, uh, I'm going to interject and say during that three years before we actually went out for that three weeks, he had a girlfriend, but oh. he, I would make her so angry when I came into the, to where he was playing because she knew that there was something, there was some kind of chemistry that we had 
and it just infuriated her. Mm. And so I think people knew, but yeah, it just took time, didn't it? Yep. Hmm. So this is quite a story. I, I guess, John, so you, you have the girlfriend. Are you feeling guilty at all that you're pursuing somebody else and dating her or are you honest with her about it or what? Well, we were sort of, uh, it, by the time we were, by, by the time we got really serious, we had the dating and, and that, that relationship had ended. So, yeah. So, yeah, but, yeah. Thinking if I'm Robin and you have a girlfriend and you're, you know, saying the marriage thing and all that. Well, um, well, that was before the girlfriend. Okay. So that was, yeah. Yeah. You know, once I once I've been I've been turned down. I ended up having another girlfriend, and but then but if she still keep coming around. I'm like, that gone, that gone, girl. She's killing me. She's killing me. Couldn't get me out of your mind. Do you all have a song? We do have a song. Have I told you lately that I love you? That's it. Tell me, there's that one that surprised you. That's our Tell song. Tell my heart what's Take away all my sad. He's my trouble. That's what you do. That's our song. Aw. Wow, what a story. Okay, so you finally you know, get the ring and you go get the right ring and all of that. So. How long until the wedding do you plan? Not on? long enough. I was buying for like November, December, and he and my mom were like, oh, no, you need to do it right after you graduate. And I'm like, oh, that's six <laughs> months away. July 7th, 1988. You got the wrong. July 9th, I'm sorry. July 9th. <laughs> July 7th is what I was after. <laughs> July the 9th is when we got married. So we kind of got. I said maybe on that New Year's Eve, and I mean, I think I just had to ha- let it sink in that I was going back to school engaged, and so it wasn't official until a few weeks later, but then we got married that, that July. Hmm. July of 88. What did you yeah. do for a honeymoon? We went to St. Simon's Island, stayed at the King and Prince Hotel. Nice. Yeah. It was a spectacular place. Yeah. We stayed on a cottage right on the beach. Can't and we love St. Simon's Island. We'd, ret- we'd retire there. If we could. Our daughter got married at the same hotel. Oh, that's awesome. Love that place. It's a really cool. It's on the National Historic Register. Yeah. And it's just an incredible place full of all kinds of history. Yeah. And It's just a walk back in time when you go there. It's really wonderful. Hmm. And so we love that place. I guess, and so the rest is history, right? Happy, happily ever after, and yeah, yeah no, no, tr- no troubles, nothing. It's, no, good. <laughs> yeah, if anybody gets married and they think it's going to take their troubles away, <laughs> 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 yeah. When 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 you say those vows, uh, and and you know, for better, for worse, and health, and good, you know, sickness and and health and all that. Yeah, and she, yeah, she has stood by through. A whole lot of a whole lot of uh, health issues and and poor issues, mm-hmm. and uh, so she's she's hung on the whole starving artist thing, I guess. Yeah, the whole starving artist thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been blessed, though. I mean, it wasn't until about three years after we were married that I actually started singing with him full time, and it it's just turned into a life I could have never imagined, and. <laughs> We we get to do this life together. We're together all the time, and it's pretty great. It's not like she goes off and does her job, and yeah. I go off and do mine, and we get together and have dinner. You know, it's not like that. We we yeah. we, uh, we work together on the stuff all the time, and sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's not so great. Yeah. But. <laughs> we don't always oh, agree. Let's <laughs> talk about the not so great. So. <laughs> What is it about each other that like irritates you? <laughs> go ahead, Rob. You want me to go first? Go first, baby. Okay, I can. Let, let me get let me get my notepad. I cannot stand. We had this conversation two nights ago when he brings his phone to bed. 
Mm. Because that thing is like, oh, get off the phone. This is like, you know, it took us forever before I would allow us to have a TV in our bedroom. So now you got the TV, you got the phone, and we're just so inundated with all this technology. The times back when you didn't have a TV in the bedroom and you didn't have a cell phone to pick up to read emails or play games or look at social media, I just think that is dangerous territory in the bedroom. That's, I don't think it should be in there. That's why families used to be so huge back in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> so I bark at him all the time about put that phone down in the bed. All right. So, John, that, you know, what irritates you about Robin? Oh, uh, well, Wait for this probably, probably because she doesn't want me to bring the phone to the bedroom. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, what irritates me about Robin? Come on, spit it out. I know there's something. I can't think of a thing. Oh, my Good answer. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, may, maybe, it probably, but it's, it drives me crazy, but it's a good thing. She makes me really think through. Small and la- large and small, not not just not just big purchases, but but all purchases. Think them through. Mm. Yeah, wow. she's really strict about that, and which is great. Great. I mean, I'll just pull out the credit card and go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You may sound like I'm pretty easy. I'm not. <laughs> well, there, there, there's no there's nothing else I can think of. Nothing else he wants to say. That's fine. Yeah. That's a smart move, John, I feel like. <laughs> Robert, oh, she, she's awesome. I think that that goes to the fact that he is just a pretty easy, laid-back guy, and not much gets under his skin because yeah, that's how he is. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, okay, I'm good. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Robin, when you were going to college, what were you, you said that, you know, your life kind of went in a different direction than you imagined, but what were you, what were your plans when you were in college? Well, my degree is in health and physical education, and I did have a lot, had a good background in music, Hmm. played piano for like 15 years. I took lessons. I was in college choruses and travel organizations with that travel with music, but my my plan was to get out and teach school uh-huh. and specifically in high school. So yeah. <laughs> I told her she did her she did her student teaching and the big seniors are trying to ask her out on dates. She got asked to prom three times. Uh, <laughs> I did do I did one long term sub right after we got married and mm-hmm. I knew then, I'm like, man, I maybe shouldn't be in the classroom (laughs) teaching. It's a lot easier just to stay home with him during the day. And then when he goes out to play, go with him and sit in the audience. And Mm -hmm. then I put her to work. And then he put me to work. I joined the band. So, John, when did you realize that Robin was talented and, you know, she could be part of the band and all that? Well, I knew. I mean, I knew she had all kinds of talent. She's she's just a talented person. You can just sense it about her. But we we had done when when we had in the early and time when we got married, starting Christmas of '88 after mm-hmm. we got married, our pastor Fred Wow asked us to do a Christmas program at the church that year. Mm-hmm. And so Robin and I did it with our sister-in-law Tracy, who's married to Robin's brother, who's a wonderful singer. And the church pianist, Betsy Williams. And it was great. And she sang with me. It was fun. And we had a great time together. And then I'm not sure if it was that following January, but we did that Christmas show at the church for years, mm-hmm. even after I got a record deal. And, but we had, were invited to come FFA at the uh, yeah, FFA convention uh-huh. at, at, at Jekyll Island to sing for the, this event. And I, I, I told Robin, I said, look, you know, you should go with us and you should sing with us. So we don't come across like a bunch of, he, you know, hee-haw cowboys. <laughs> and, and, oh, no, it's the future. Yeah, future farmers. Yeah. And it, was, it was all family farmers, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so we got there and the, she sang with me. She did a great job. And and and, I, and when I introduced the band, and when, when I introduced her, they, they went nuts. They loved her. 
Hmm. And and then I was in Nashville recording some songs for a a, 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 a demo deal with uh, Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. And Kathy Mateo's husband, John Vesner, produced it. Mm-hmm. Wonderful guy. And there were several songs that, that John had written that we, we we recorded. And Kathy Matea did the backup vocals on it for us. Cool. Wow. And it was. And, and so I learned so, those songs and yeah. started getting on stage and singing just those five songs. Yeah, we do those at the clubs in Athens. And it was a lot of fun. And, and she'd get up and sing those songs. And, and then a couple of years went by. And when I finally went to Nashville and I did my showcase for Jimmy Bowen at Capitol Records, that got me my record deal. She was in the band singing. So, you know, they had a girl sing on the record. And yeah. at that point, you know, I had a gig. Yeah. Awesome. So <laughs> it was. Yeah. So when we, we started having children, they just went with us. And, and Robin's mom toured with us for years. Nine years. My mom was on the road with us full time. And yeah. Worked us out. We had babies on the road at six months, six weeks old. Six weeks. Four weeks for Kaylin. Yeah. We finally, by the time I got pregnant with the third, because the boys are only 13 months apart, by the time I got pregnant with the third, we got kicked off the band bus and we had to get our own bus. <laughs> I said, we'd love to get out of here. Get off our bus. <laughs> so we got, our own, got, got the family bus and, uh, and uh, we just rolled on. And, you know, my sister, who uh, was a wonderful mom and, and she had five children of her own, and she told me, she said, don't think you got to live your life around the kids. She said, the kids will adapt to what you're doing. Right. She said, just take them with you. Yeah. So we, we homeschooled them and my mom was a teacher. And so we homeschooled our kids and for many, many years and mm-hmm. just, they went everywhere. And we, we didn't move to Nashville until about 10 years ago. So we stayed home in Georgia and kept that as our base and, and it just works. Yep. So what if your mom had not have liked John? Would it have worked? No. 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 But that when I was back off at school, he um, would go over and visit my mom a lot before he would go <laughs> to sing that night at the club. He'd go over and have dinner with my mom and just they really got to know each other. And I think... I think that was yeah. me. I think she really knew his heart. And yeah. my mama loved him so much, just like her own son. Yeah, my, I lost my mom many years ago when I was uh, just about 20. Mm-hmm. And so Carol was a mom to me longer than my own mom was. And so she was, I was just like one of her own. And, yeah. and she, she loved me for and my mom just was, like her own boys. Yeah, my mom was widowed at 46. So it had been... It was a great life for her. We moved her out next door to us on the farm and she went on the road with us. And, you know, we, she went, she quit her job at the high school and we put her on salary and she took care of the kids and did a lot of the accounting for the company. And it just, you know, it was good. It was just great. She loved you so much. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Good thinking. Going, going, and you know, getting in good with the mother first. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a plan that works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have role model couples after you got married? You know, were there strong influences that you could, you know, that helped you as a young couple? Yes, I think first, first and foremost. Both of our parents, even though we, I lost my dad at a young age and John lost his mom at a young age, our parents, both of our parents were very strong couples. My, so to have that influence in your life when you're a kid, to know that your parents love each other and they love you is a great first step, I think, in in your own marriage, you don't see it that way. But then we had people in our church in Athens when we first got married that, I mean, like the Chittums and the yeah. Kirbys, older couples who we saw how they lived their life and how they raised their kids. And we knew we wanted that life for our kids and our family. Was there ever, and, was there ever any point where you, you know, where you said like, wow, being on a road is just way too much. And, you know, I 
money have a sort about, of a normal life? About the week before each tour would end, we'd start feeling that way. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd be home for about two weeks and be like, ah, let's go. Yeah. Time to go. <laughs> I think the hardest years were when we, you know, back in the 90s when John was getting started, 90s artists were on the road all the time. Right. You never hardly came home. I bet. I mean, we toured over 200 dates a year mm. and you were never home. So we were fortunate to have our kids with us yeah. as they got older and he, his career had peaked and we weren't on the road as much. It was nice. We were going out and doing about 120 shows a year and the kids didn't always go with us because by that time we had put them in school and my mom would stay with them. And so we would be in and off, you know, yeah. in and out from the road a lot back then. That was hard to to pick up and, and not take the kids with us anymore. But sure, yeah. it was good for us. So, but it was good for us. Yeah. You know, as a yeah. couple, it was good for us to yeah. have that time. So when the cancer happened... Robin, how did you deal with that? <laughs> Just another John Barry illness. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of been funny. When I met John, he had just come off a cane from when he had had a terrible motorcycle accident and broke all these bones in his body. And he had just that week stopped walking with the cane. So, But he was still feeling a lot of the aches and pains. And then when we... After I had this, our second baby, he collapsed in the hospital, and that was when they had the brain cyst and had to do, you know, take him to Atlanta and do major brain surgery. So we've done that one, and then we've had vocal cord surgery during that. Then we had the cancer, and oddly enough, I, you know, God is funny because we had had. Just been through this same cancer with our dear, dear friend and John's bass player, Michael C. Steele, had had the same cancer six months prior to John's diagnosis. Hmm. So we had just walked the path of the chemo and the radiation and, and all the side effects with him through this. So we had seen what it had done to him. So I knew this was... <laughs> I, I knew in my heart this was not what was going to take John's life. I think the scariest part was how much of it it was going to take away from him being able to sing again. And are we going to be having to make a living some other way? Right, uh, yeah. What's going to happen? It was a very dark. It was a dark time just uh -huh. because he felt so miserable and the type of cancer that it was it it was a dark time was, yeah. but i was i'm a strong person and i'd like to think that you know we just kept fighting through it you just fight through it one day pray through. yeah pray through it so why do you both think that you know the divorce rate is so high why do you think that is hmm. Hmm. Marriage is hard, but um, there has to there has to be a faith component to marriage. There has to be, and because without without faith and 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 it's not a it's not a it's not just you and you and that other person. It's a, it's it's a, it's you know with me and Robin, it's 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 me, Robin, and him. You know, and and we made that vow, and I mean, really, the during the brain issue probably marriage wise was the toughest i was pregnant with our second child and he because of the brain tumor he had gotten very mean of course we didn't know that that's what it was mm -hmm. we thought that it was i mean i didn't know what was wrong with him i didn't know if he just was drug, whatever yeah. a drug whatever yeah. Very mean, sent us home from the road. So I was sitting at home pregnant, and just while he was out on the road, and songs were going up the charts. And I was, I mean, it was a very painful, dark time, but I got that chance to really 
draw close to the Lord. And when you do that, I mean, I knew something he just told me everything was going to be okay. I didn't know how, but when they found him on the floor and they found the thing in his brain and they said, that's what's causing him to act this way. I'm like, okay. And when he had surgery, he woke up and he was back to my John and, you know, he doesn't remember a lot of that and how ugly he was. And, but it was, it was a really dark time for our marriage. I had a lot of hurts to get over and I was young, Mm. but you know, yeah, uh, John, you and I have that in common. I actually had a brain tumor as well. Wow. Yeah. Did it make you mean and ugly? <laughs> you know, it was probably the steroids afterwards that made it that way. Yeah. That can I, be tough, yeah. Yeah, I was on it for like a month and month and a half, I think, after the surgery. But, uh, wow. yeah, it just, you know, it was just a thing. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So I know social media doesn't come into the bedroom, but um, we're going to ask you some of these cute little questions to, uh, you know, in the spirit of Valentine's Day, I've seen this on social media a lot. So, you know, which of you is the most impatient? Me. No, I was going to say me because I'm the barky (laughs) one. (laughs) It might depend on what it's about. (laughs) Well, this next one, who's the most stubborn, so that could go either way, too, from your answer of above. I would say that would be me because, you know, when we come into business decisions, I am pretty dogmatic that I'm always right. He's <laughs> <laughs> almost always right. <laughs> he, he lets me be right most of the time. <laughs> Who falls asleep first? Robin does. Because I go to bed first. He sits here on the sofa and goes to sleep. I have to holler for him to come to bed. <laughs> Who's the better cook? Oh, we definitely know that one. Well, thank you, honey. I appreciate that. The only thing I can make is candied bacon. Sometimes I ask him if I can return him for somebody that cooks. He can't even bowl a hot dog. <laughs> can make good bacon, though, apparently. Yeah, yeah I'm making good bacon. <laughs> um, who's the better driver? Oh, thank you very much. Yes, that would be me. <laughs> That's because he can drive the bus and back it up with the trailer on it. <laughs> All right, John. All those years with the van. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, where do you eat out most as a couple? We go places that you know you can get like steak or chicken or something like that. I mean, for the most part. So you're not going to like a sushi bar or some. No. Yeah. Okay. And and no, if we lived in Nashville, we'd probably hit up some of the really cool restaurants all the time, like Urban Grub. But we live, we don't live in town, so. Yeah. Yeah. We're a small town, but we we got a couple of nice little local restaurants. Yeah. We frequent, but they're uh, you know just sort of mixed menu, lots of Americana food, you know. Yeah. When you go to those places, there are people like, oh, that's John Barry. And... No. <laughs> no, not no, nobody has that. No, not. Oh, okay. <laughs> they have no idea who I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I think they do. It's just people are so yeah. kind. Yeah. And you just... I, I mean, uh-huh. I, I was in Home Goods the other day, and in walks Marty Stewart and his wife, Connie Smith. Wow. And they Walk into Home Goods like nothing. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And where are you shop? Yeah. We're wearing clothes like regular people. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> All right. Well, who's neatest? Definitely me. <laughs> You're making a funny face. <laughs> <laughs> let's, go, let's go look at the counter in our in our bedroom. House. Do you have yeah. like a man cave, John? Closet. What? John, do you have like a man cave where you like, I don't know. Yes. 
upstairs where your uh-huh. office is. See? Ah. Well, it's sort of, sort of, yeah. So it's not really. It's it's a big bonus room over the garage, and there's like TVs. But I've got one corner of it. It's I've sort of I've, I've taken over about half the room. I got my junk all over the place. So guitars and mm-hmm. gear and and the book, table book, covered co- book bookkeeping stuff. Yeah. Speaking of. <laughs> Got to pay that bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so this last one from the quiz is, um, you know, who said I love you first? Me. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I was going to bet money on that one. Yeah. Because when he asked me to marry him, I was so shocked. I said, you haven't even ever told me you loved me. I didn't even know we were dating. <laughs> <laughs> He said, well, I do love you. <laughs> You're hot. Get it all in. You're hot. <laughs> yeah, that's the new I love you. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> I disagree with that I'm one. just kidding. It's funny. Well, this is a great story. And I guess my final question, as you look back over your life together, if you could have all the things happen in life, but not each other. So mm. if you both ended up in the music career and, you know, all of the things, but you're not with each other, you know, what, what is the benefit of each other? Hmm. Well, I very highly doubt my, I mean, I would not have been musical but I mean, just the fact that we get to do life together, because in the end, I mean, we're only here for a little while and it's it's how you spend your time here. It's not the music that makes the life. It's it's us and our kids and our family and what we get to do together and be. And yeah. 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 I, 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 yeah, and like you say, Roy, you probably wouldn't have been in the music business. I mean, you'd probably be a teacher because uh, that was your plan. And uh, you'd have been a great teacher. And me, I'd probably still been in the music business. But, you know, who knows? It, it was without Robin's uh, input and her persistence. persistence. You were more than a club singer. Yeah, I'm, I might still be playing clubs in Athens. I might be playing the BSW tonight. So. Yes, I think we've brought to the table. I mean. Yeah. We have made, we, I don't know how to say it. We've just made a, a yeah. life together. You complete me. <laughs> <laughs> well, doesn't need to be any more said than that. That's right. Uh, so what are the Valentine's Day plans? Curious. Do you celebrate that? Is that a big day? Um, a lot of times we're out on the road singing for valentine's day Hmm. so so we usually celebrate that for other people yeah with a paying gig (laughs) (laughs) so what are what are your we it's important to just have valentine's day every day i mean golly you got to remind each other all the time that you love each other and Hmm. I need that from him and think he needs it from me. And it's just, it's not a one day a year celebration. It's every day you got to celebrate the love and your story and the path you've walked for the good and the bad. Agreed. Well, thank you. We're going to let you go, but thank you so much for coming on and talking to us and telling us about your meeting. It's really, uh, Pretty interesting story, for sure. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. We sure enjoyed the opportunity to speak with both of you. And, <laughs> and I hope we'll have a chance to do it again or get a chance to see you. Anytime, you guys can come come by and talk to us. Tell us what you're up to. And, you know, we look forward to it. And you have some photos that you would like us to share with our listeners. Um, send those to Scott or XM or whatever. Um, we'd love to include a few. Okay. Can we text to this number? Yeah. Zero four nine one. 
Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. All right. Well, time to Thank you so much. We really appreciate Thank your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. all right. Have a great evening. You too. Take yeah. care. Bye-bye. 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 As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at iratefleas at outlook.com, or you can write to me at backstorysessions at gmail.com, or matt at level11ventures.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.